Rise your attention now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Prepare to get caffeinated. Mark, holy shit, man. It's good to see you again, buddy. Yeah, man. You too. Yeah. You, uh, you've been around the world and back since the last time we talked. That was like, how many months ago? Four months ago? Five months ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark brought some toys. It's more of like a show and tell scenario here. But as a guy that has a former military background, because you're a Marine scout sniper, is that correct? Yes, sir. And it looks like you were a Force Recon Marine too? Yeah, re- Reconnaissance Reconnaissance, Marine. yeah, Reconnaissance. The differentiating factor there is like for, Force and Recon and all that stuff. I don't really still to this day know, even though I have like so, 40 fucking friends that are all like, don't yeah. fucking, do not say I'm just yeah. Recon, man. I'm a Force Recon Marine. Like, dude, they get spicy. Uh, oh, man, it's all like, what year were you in? What oh, yeah. happened? Because they, they're they Madonnas. They change their minds 24-7 on like, what's <laughs> going on? Um, but the funny, so every, all of them are reconnaissance Marines <clears throat> nowadays when they right. deploy. At least when I was in in 2017, <clears throat> when they deploy, like whoever goes on the Mew, mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be force recon slash reconnaissance, right. right? And they train up, they're trying to train up both platoons. Now, dude, they've changed your mind so much. Like every two years, they change your mind on what force recon is. Right. Um, so I don't even know what the fuck it is anymore. <laughs> um, Good. I'm glad yeah. that somebody else doesn't understand that shit either. Yeah. Mm. So the big thing I wanted to bring you out here, we talked last time you were here. We want to talk more shooting. We got into like your personal history. Uh, we talked a lot about you know, shooting and hunting and alone. We kind of were all over. So if you missed that episode, uh, go back. We'll reference it in um, the notes as to what episode it was. Uh, But what I really want to talk to you about was like, hey man, I'm hunting, right? I'm a, I hunt my ass off. I just got back from Alaska uh, with uh, Steve Ranella, who is a- Awesome. That guy's a fucking beast. <laughs> like, okay, so first and foremost, I would just like to, for anybody out there that thinks that Steve might be putting on a show, which he is, he does have a show, but that guy's a fucking beast. And like, humble. He is a beast. Like that guy can move through the woods at a rate in which very few people on the planet can move through the woods. I've moved through the woods quite a bit. I've done a lot of physically hard shit in my life. Um, Now, granted, in the last seven years, I've been fairly sedentary because of this job keeps me on my ass um, and a lot of computer time. But it's not like, you know, I still, I still, still keep it up. You know what I mean? But going out to the Prince of Wales with Steve, um, you never know. You know, I've known him like we're friendly. you never know. You never know. Like, you know, Joe, Joe likes a guy. Everybody likes a guy. Says he's really, you know, humble, nice, smart. And uh, he works his ass off. It was an incredible experience just to be out there and seeing somebody at the top of their profession hunting that has that much love for the environment, for the animals, for the experience. And oh, by the way, uh, 
will work his fucking ass off to go out and experience something epic and also to in the pursuit of food. So like the right pursuit yeah. of hunting. Yeah. Right. But all around, like that guy represents what hunting should be. Yeah. And so in that whole world of professional hunters doing this and that, you look at him and his show and what he started mm-hmm. and you're like, yes, that is the image that we need to get across to, to people because mm-hmm. it is all about the damn food and attitude, right? Yeah. He is not cocky. He is humble yeah. and he crushes it. And with military backgrounds, we always think like, oh, we're so badass recon or special right. operations or SEALs or whatever the fuck. And you look at civilians sometimes and you're like, oh, well, you're just a hunter. And then you meet guys like him that will crush 95% of all of those organizations we just talked about because that's what they do 24-7 for their life. That's how all they do. Well, how many guys, Steve and I were actually talking about that. Because he, he said, you know, I've, I've, he, he, and I'll paraphrase here, but he's like, you know, I've always thought about, you know, the, the military that they have some unique form of discipline that I might not have because they have this experience. And I told him, I was like, well, one, the, the military is full of a wide range of military occupational skills. They have egg flippers to, you know, force recon Marines, right? Delta Force or whatever, right? So you have a wide variety of skill sets that require different forms of training and different forms of physical preparedness, right? You're not going to find the same type of uh, we'll call it physical endurance and the ability to endure pain in some of the military occupational skills, as you will, the ones that have gone through multiple selection processes and gone into, we'll call it the special operations community. But even within the special operations community, there are some doughboys. So just so, just so everybody, everybody's clear, there's some fatties out there that, you know, they, 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 they kind of, I wouldn't say they sneak through, you know, guys get injured and they put on a couple pounds and they get put into more of an admin role. Um, but Steve said that and I was like, man, that's, that's just not true. I grew up in a very rural environment with people that were really fucking hard, you know, hooking yep. logs, sawing logs, working, you know, rain, snow, doesn't matter what kind of fucking weather it was. It was like, guys were hard. like. They were not only physically hard, but they could endure massive amounts of pain for a paycheck. (laughs) Discipline doesn't come from your military occupational skill. Like the the military can enhance the discipline that's already there. Or they they, can like set the bar at a certain level. Yeah. Like for every shit bag that's out there, okay, you're going to be somewhat disciplined. Right. So if you look at a whole organization, you're like, oh, they're disciplined. Yeah. But I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking like compared to the everyday Joe, they think that military is so damn disciplined. I'm like, right. dude, the country boys, the people that grow up hard life, the, the guys that grow up in fucking gangs and shit. Yeah. They're disciplined. Yeah. They're checking shit around 24 <laughs> yeah. seven. Like yeah. what's, when they hear a gunshot yeah. go off, they know what to do. They know what to do. Um, <clears throat> so, but like, it's so funny how, Guys like him, like, they're like, oh, man, you know, they try to give so much respect to the military. I'm like, listen, yeah. there, there is a respect that needs to be given because they're put in situations, military guys, veterans, where you have to be disciplined, right? Yeah. Um, but, man, 
there's so many people out there, so many hunters, so many people that go into the mountains that like have that same discipline. Maybe they don't have the discipline of being told to shut the fuck up and color, but they have the discipline of packing a lot of weight, being tough, being a man. Oh yeah. Not complaining. So they have all of that. They do. Like I, I grew up with them. Like I, I know them, you know, there, there are things that I saw from my family members that were more physically, um, they, they required more physical discipline in order to accomplish something than 99% of the military would ever conduct. So guys would go out with a rucksack on, they'd be walking through the woods and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, that was so hard. I, I was out in the woods and you know, it was dark and scary and it was raining and stuff. And it's like, yeah, my cousin does that for fun. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's what he does for fun, you know, or like, oh my gosh, I had to walk all the way up this mountain with 60 pounds on my back while carrying a five can jerry can. I'm like, yeah, uh, my uncle does that every day with a chainsaw uh, and logging boots with snow while trying not to get crushed by falling logs. That's what he likes to do. Like, that's what he does. Uh, you know, because y- y- you figure, and it was so interesting when I went to like special forces assessment and selection, which that isn't some kind of weird flex. I'm just saying it for context. Um, when I went to the Q course and I, people have to realize like there's this huge melting pot in the military. People that come from all over the United States. They have all these different experiences that are growing up in urban environments, you know, living in high rise apartments and, you know, or on the beaches of, you know, Florida or whatever it might be. And the woods, when you get your rucksack in a map, that might be the first time somebody has put on a a no shit backpack and been given a map and a compass outside of like basic training, right? So when you get to like special forces assessment and selection or the Q course, there's a lot of guys that like, it's a new thing. They don't know. And I used to look around and, and, you know, when you were going through some of these endurance events where you're like trying to, you know, carry a duffel bag full of sand with three guys and a stretcher, you know, six and a half miles. I had a contextual relationship with really difficult physical labor because I'd spent so much time in the woods with my family, you know, making wood. Like I, we'd go out and, you know, make cords of wood for several weeks on end, you know, like in the summertime when it was time to go make wood, like we'd be pumping around big armfuls of wood and like, you know, putting big rounds in the back of the truck and like pulling fucking trees up the side of a mountain, whatever it might be. I had a context with being in the woods and working a lot. So I would look around and and you'd see people just, this was so foreign to them. They're like, this is so hard. I'm like, my grandpa's like 60 and he does this shit. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? This is fucking hard. Like you get three MREs a day. You, you got, you know, a designated weight. You got a, you know, medical support and all these things. I'm like, my, my grandpa does this stuff without medical support. And like three MREs a day drinks nothing but coffee. And, you know, I've only seen him drink wild turkey and coffee my entire life. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Hydration. Oh, we got to stay hydrated. You remember that? Like, all these guys are oh, like... Yeah. And there's, like, mountain men out there that you know. They're like, all they drink is fucking coffee. And that's why, like, those people are the perfect people to go into special ops. They are. 
They excel. Yeah. You think about those guys, and people always ask, you know, why special forces, you know, is is in in it's inherently full of a bunch of country boys. It is because they that's what they're drawn to. They love to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, back in the day, man, that's like that's what made up our military. Mm -hmm. People that had rough fucking lives. And yep. now it's a bunch of, well, fuck, not, not saying all the military, but there's a lot more people that have a lot, it a lot easier. We haven't right. had shit going on in the United States where it's fucking truly difficult Oh yeah, in decades. And like, you look at some of these people and how, how tough they, they are, like Steven, Buddy, Brad, like they're just hunters. You're like, you yeah. are the perfect person to go in and do that. Now I'm not oh, saying yeah. they need to go do it, but for them to look at it and be like, you guys are so badass. I'm like, no, dude, you're no. fucking tough. Yeah. Like, tough. Tough. Um, you look at Roland, that dude that... Fucking tough. Now, <laughs> that dude, that it, dude is so hard. He's like the hardest motherfucker I've ever seen on film. Like, he's, he's so hard. There, there are, like, other qualities, obviously, you have to have to excel in certain organizations. But, yeah, yeah. like, for what tough is... Fucking rolling is tough. He's <laughs> tough. Oh, Jesus. And, and like, it's not like a show. It's not like, oh, you go on a show yeah, and that's yeah. what, how he's portrayed. I met the motherfucker in person and like, I'm sitting there staring across at him and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what has this guy been through? And he's tough because he's had a shit life. Yeah. Had some shit cards handed to him and he had to fucking grow up or die. Right. right? And he yeah, grew yeah. up real quick. And uh, like, dude, that's like those things that happen to us. That's what makes us better mm-hmm. that's what makes us badass that's what makes us tough is all this shit that happens in our mm-hmm. life um so anybody that's out there that's struggling with anything like fuck that's just gonna make you better well and that's the cool if thing the right about attitude. yeah if you get the right if you and, and that's the cool thing about the military is it provides a structure for a person to go through and push themselves to find where their breaking point is you know not everybody grows up in the same household, right? Not everybody is forced or has a forcing function to see where they can push themselves both physically and mentally. They're not thrust into circumstances where there's provided structure where a, a, a person can really hurt themselves if they don't pay attention. And then you have a group of peers that are surrounded, you know, that you're surrounded by that are also performing the task. So you can see it play out and say, oh, that's not impossible. I can do that. Or other people have gone through that same thing. Because if you look at it from an individual perspective, there's no way you would have done in doc by yourself, right? Yeah, no, I mean... Because how would you have? Like, Well, one, you have to look at everybody around you that's fucking miserable, and then you start laughing, and then, then it helps you get through right. Like, you know, watching everybody be miserable and it's kind of fucked up, but you're like, oh, well, I'm not that. And you you can, you could push through, at least I did that, which seems kind of fucked up. I'd look around and be like, they're drowning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) They're sucking air. They're about to die on this fucking ruck. All right. And it gives you like this boost of energy to keep going. But it's like, if you're by yourself, you might be thinking like, this is the hardest thing ever in the world. Or even take away the instructors mm. and say, would I have put myself through the same no. amount of pain and endurance on my own without structure, 
without leadership, without like that in, in, in docked, like there's not too many people in the world that are being like, you know what? I'm going to go try to figure out how to drown proof myself. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tie up my hands. <laughs> You know, I'm going to get some guy to wrestle me down, down, <laughs> tie my feet, tie my hands behind my back. I'm going to jump into the 10 foot section of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be uh, a fucking lunatic. Yeah. You're, you're not going to pass the, uh, the psych exam. That's for sure. <laughs> if you do that, if there are a lot of people doing that, there'd be a lot more pool drownings in public pools. That's for sure. Hey, I'm just hardening myself up. You know, that's funny. Like people fucking go out to a pool and they're like, I'm going to drown proof myself. So lifeguard. Stand by. (laughs) Don't worry. I got this. (laughs) Let's see some YouTube videos. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing for this country to have some individuals like that. Oh, I think what we have now. It wouldn't be a bad thing for. And that's why I really like, I really like and respect people that have the narrative of like, just toughen the fuck up. Like, um, and this by no stretch of the imagination is some kind of like, you know, um, fluffer conversation for guys like Goggins, but that's my defense for the, the guy is that he, cause he, there are times when you hear it out there in the, especially in the special operations community, they're like, Oh, you know, Goggins or whatever. I'm like, he's not hurting anybody. He's actually providing a very valuable message to a bunch of civilians that actually need to fucking hear it. It's like, suck it up, buttercup. Like, Stop being such a fucking pussy and go out and do something hard. Overcome, endure. Like that's a positive message if I've ever heard one. And oh, by the way, Americans need to hear that shit. They need to hear it. Like who cares if you're offended? Who cares if you're not using the right pronoun or acronym or whatever the fuck it is for whatever thing that you're trying to identify as this week? Like, we're all humans trying to live in this human experience. You wouldn't give a fuck about what you're called if you're getting punched in the face 24-7. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's other important things going on in life other than that shit. But Can you imagine, <laughs> Mark, tell me this. Like, Can you imagine if you showed up, like, where did you go to uh, boot camp? Uh, Paris Island. Yeah, so you showed up at Paris Island, and I, I know a few things about it. You show up on your footprints, and you're... You know what I'm going with, right? <laughs> Your drill sergeant, is that what they call them? Your DIs? Yeah, yeah. The DIs, they show up and they're like, listen up, scumbag, or whatever the fuck they were saying to you, right? And you're like, excuse me, excuse sir. me. <laughs> uh, you need to use my proper pronoun when addressing me. Can you imagine what kind of hellstorm of fucking, like a, a cacophony of fucking verbal violence would have rained down on your head? So we get that in the military, right? And boot camps and and, uh, whatever selection you go to. But like, people get that if they travel the fucking world. Yeah. You see what hardship is and what reality is when you see other fucking countries. So all the people sitting here going, oh, America, we need to do this and say the right thing and be nice, everybody. Fuck you. Go look at the rest of the world. And you will realize that like, We've got it damn good. We've got it fucking great. Right. Um, we've got other things in this world to worry about than the bullshit that's been put in front of us recently. But you know what? I'm not going to lie. I've gotten to the point where I say, I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, I look at how many people have the certain mindset. When I look at it, and it boggles the shit out of me and makes people go crazy with the same mindset that I have. Right. Right. And I sit there and I look at that and I'm like, 
I'm just going to keep being who I am, doing what I do. And eventually something's going to happen in this fucking country that's going to make it make people toughen the fuck up. And that's what it's going to have it's to come down to. It's inevitable. So with that being said, yeah. I want to talk about how to fuck people up with a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, I, you know, hunting, shooting, whatever. However you want to. So what is this? Is this a so, 22 Magnum? No, so this is, is a 6.5. 6.5. <laughs> this is 22 Hornet, right? That's 22 Hornet. Is. The first deer shot me with a 22 Hornet. <laughs> Are you Florida. kidding me? No, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, in Florida, 22 Hornet. Yeah. Um, they're really small deer there. They're tiny. So, they're like little dogs with horns. I wanted to talk about long range shooting, the realities behind it, and answer some like... <clears throat> Questions that I sure. get all the time. What's long range? What do you consider long range? So for a 22, long range can be 200 yards, mm-hmm. right? For a 6.5, long range can be 700 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say like long range precision fires, anywhere where you start getting into having to read wind mm-hmm. and implement wind, um, I'm going to say that's long range. Got it. Okay. Um, and people hear that and, they're, and it all depends on how precise you got to be too. Right. Because if you're shooting a coyote, at 400 yards or 500 yards and you've got a 10 to 12 mile an hour gust and you don't know how to read wind, that's definitely long range. Mm-hmm. If you've got a coyote at 400 yards and there's zero wind, that's going to be an easy chip shot for you. Yeah. But <clears throat> depending on your setup, depending on the long range thing is kind of, it's kind of funny. In today's world, people sell products based off of how far the product can shoot. Not necessarily optics, but at least guns and barrels sure. and like, oh, thousand yards out of the box, right? Right. Bullshit. Nowadays, guns should be able to shoot half a minute of angle. Yep. Like if you're going to spend anywhere between like, and I, I look at it, I'm like, okay, from a sports, going to Sportsman's Warehouse mm-hmm. or Cabela's yep. and you get a, a rifle off the shelf, you can get a rifle off the shelf that shoots a half minute of angle with factory ammunition. Right. Um, it may not be the sexiest. It may not be the lightest weight mm-hmm. rifle, but you can buy them out there. It may not have the b- best muzzle brake. But it can get it done. So now you're looking at like, okay, if I have to select a rifle for long range or precision fires, uh, there's so many options. What should I get? I get that question asked a lot. Like, oh, yeah. What rifle should I get? <clears throat> that comes after the caliber. Mm-hmm. I always get the caliber question first. But for, as far as like rifles go, who gives a fuck? Right. Buy a rifle and, it, and buy a caliber that goes with it. And as long as it meets your requirements, lightweight, adjustable if you need it to be adjustable um looks fucking sexy because mm-hmm. if it looks sexy you're gonna shoot you're gonna go to the range all the time you're gonna you're gonna feel better right yeah um it's like being fat or being in shape you're gonna feel better if you're in shape so <clears throat> buy a rifle that fits your needs if you're trying to do competitions make it heavy if you're trying right. to go hunting make it light yeah. if you're trying to go hunting and get rapid second round shots on an yeah. animal which you should be then it needs to kind of have that balancing factor right this rifle, the action was an action. It's a Remington action, model 700 from Sportsman's Warehouse. It had a, a stainless steel barrel yep. on there. It was a 308, um, $700 gun. Mm-hmm. What I did is I took it out of that and I put it in a $1,000 stock, right. banner stock. Well, and I put a muzzle brake on and who cares about the rail up front? There's a rail up front for like night vision. Yep. I did it, those things. and this gun, barrel, right? Uh, this is actually a BART line. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and I didn't know they made carbon. Yeah. So, well, and everybody started to make carbon. So, Proof was the first one to perfect it. Yeah. And really get that shit down. Yeah. And then everybody all started kind of trying to do it too. Where's Bartland made? 
Uh, Bartline? Yeah, Bartline or Bartland. I don't know. Okay. I have no clue where the right. Um, I don't know his name. I just know the sound it makes when it oh, takes yeah. a man's life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I don't know what. I don't care. Um, so with these setups, you know, I just made it adjustable. I yeah. made it lightweight. And now this gun, okay, this is what I'll shoot. But right. there's no right or wrong answer behind a gun. And everybody that's out there is like, this gun manufacturer is the best. There's always pros and cons. Mesa Precision Arms, they make rifles for hunting, for long-range precision, make great rifles. Yeah. Um, RMP rifles, um, they make great rifles. Gunworks, they make great rifles. There's yeah, so yeah. many companies that make great rifles. Yeah. Everybody has a personal preference. The thing is, buy a gun, and as far as caliber goes, let's talk about that shit real quick. Sure. What's the best caliber? What caliber should I get? This is a 6.5 Creedmoor. <clears throat> that is? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, and you, you hear that and people are like, oh, you're a 6.5 Creedmoor fan. I just switched this over to 6.5 Creedmoor recently. Why? Because ammo is more readily available for this caliber than right. any other one. I used to yeah, shoot yeah. a 308 because I fucking knew that caliber and the ammo was everywhere. Ammo is everywhere. Yep. Now this is taking that spot. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with, oh, it's a better caliber for these reasons. I don't give a shit. Right. Everybody looks at calibers and they're like, I've got the latest and greatest 6mm BRA. There's so many calibers out there. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. With any caliber, as long as it, if you're going hunting, hunting application, let's Mm -hmm. talk about that. If you got 1,500 foot pounds of energy when it's hitting that animal. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Even less than that, you're going to be good with a well-placed shot. But just to be safe, people say 1,500 foot-pounds of energy. So after that, it would be, I mean, you've shot animals before that it's outside of that. But general rule of thumb, 1,500 foot-pounds. So my last elk I just shot Mm -hmm. um, was with a 6.5 Creedmoor. And why? Because I could shoot, rack the bolt, be on target with a good muzzle break, never lose sight of that animal. And yeah. get a second round in it immediately. Right. Because 143 grains times two, 246 grains is, or 286, athlete, not a mathlete. <laughs> uh, 286 grains is way better than 210 grains out of a 300 win mag that I can't actually get a second round off because yeah. the jump, gun jumps all over the place. Right. Point is, don't get wrapped around the axle with caliber. Who gives a shit? Take whatever caliber you have or two calibers yep. and fucking learn them. Mm-hmm. Learn this gun. The reason why snipers are so proficient with their firearms is because they only get one gun, one caliber, yep. and they can't change that shit. Yep. And they've got to learn what does this rifle do with this wind condition and at this distance. Mm-hmm. You figure out elevation, you figure out windage, you're pretty fucking good. Yeah. If you, say you don't know shit about spin drift and you don't know shit about the Coriolis effect, which you really don't. You don't need to. You don't need to. Anything within hunting applications, mm-hmm. spin drift does start playing, playing a role when you really get really good at reading wind. But outside of that, if you know this and you know how to make a wind call, you're golden. And people make this shit out to be like it's a science. This is a fucking caveman platform right here. They do. And I do. And, and here's one of my theories and why, which is. Every gunhead wants to be able to dominate the conversation with wisdom. And it's like, and they want, I used to say to guys, I'm like, where did they issue your cape and wand? Because you're fucking magic. You know what I mean? Like you're the amount of dumb shit that I've heard come out of people's fucking mouths about calibers, about this, about that. And I'm like, it, it really doesn't have a lot to do 
like past a certain point about caliber has everything to do with precision because I can kill a fucking elk with a 22 given the right circumstance. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not promoting that. I'm (laughs) saying like, it's about precision. So for me, when I look at this and I, I, I've I've had this conversation, Oh, you got to fucking, you got to have a 300 wind mag or a 338 pool mag or, you know, six, five, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Hey guys, to your point, which is choose a cow, learn how to shoot really well for what you're trying to do. So if elk hunting is your thing and that's the fucking animal that you're just training and training and training to, to kill, select the caliber, build the gun and shoot the shit out of it. So you shouldn't be referencing, by the way, you shouldn't be referencing your, um, your dope inside 500 with your rifle with no wind. You should be, that is, that's a really good fucking point. So when I teach all my courses, like that's the number one thing that Mm -hmm. I teach because nowadays with technology, you have fucking ballistic computers, you got everything. And people are like, all right, range it, scroll through, look on a sheet. Like for fuck's sake, 300 yards. Yeah. Pick any goddamn cal- caliber <laughs> yeah, you want. Put it on one fucking mill, you're going to hit the fucking target. Exactly. For fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. When I walk around in the woods, my shit's on one mill. I don't know, the, yeah. no, whatever. My shit's right. on one mill when I walk around in the woods. Why? Because I can kill anything from 350 down to fucking zero. Exactly. Fucking simple. Simple. And sometimes the hardest thing is to keep things simple. And the, what you're talking about with people like, they're trying to make money. They're trying to sell themselves mm-hmm. as fucking experts. I don't give a shit what you have to say about, well, <clears throat> here's a good one, like, torquing this down. They, they make everything out to be like it's something so special. Like, this is, you you would never know how to do this. You need to pay me to do you this for you. You need to pay me. <clears throat> pay me to do this for you. My whole goal when I teach people is to say, you're going to go through a course, and I'm going to teach you how to mount this optic, how simple this shit is. I don't ever want to fucking mount your optic again. You are going to mount your own optic. You're going to do this shit. You're going to learn that all this that you've learned in the last 30 years is these majority old white dudes yeah. trying to act like they know a shit ton or want to be important right? or want to make money mm-hmm. and say, you got to do this, this, this way. Perfect. There's basic principles when it comes to mounting an optic, but how about torquing it down? I don't use a torque wrench half the time when I torque down my, my optic. Do I need to? Nope. Have I ever had any problems? Nope. If I did, I might strip out the screw, right? <clears throat> yeah. I'm not going to crush the damn tubes nowadays. Right. But like some people are like, you've got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm like, what works? What's real? Mm-hmm. Um, because to your point, nothing irritates me more than people that try and make money off of something that is so damn simple. And when you're talking about dope, like you said, you know, um, precision is the number one, like it's precision is what matters. And I'll say, and yes, and in order to get precision, you have to be consistent. Correct. And no matter how the fuck you want to do it, if you do things the same exact way, you will be consistent. Mm -hmm. And if you do it the same exact way, you're going to be faster. So now you got consistency mixed with speed. Mm -hmm. And in order to kill an elk, like go out there and successfully kill an elk, you also mentioned 500 yards, which I really like that. Um, You should be able to know your dope, honestly, at least say six numbers. Six numbers will get you out to 700. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, for a 6.5 Creedmoor, right? If I want to get out to 6.5, 0.4, 0.9, or 1.1, depends on which 6.5. Right. 0.4, 1.1, 1.9, 2.7, 3.6, 4.5, 5, 
four, 5.5. Like that's all the way out to 800 yards. Yep. And if I have to split that shit in half and say it's 450, I look at that 500 and like 2.7. I look at 400, I'm like 1.9. And I'm like, all right, uh, 2.4. Boom, 500, 2.4. Mm-hmm. You should be able to do that. You should be able to do that. And I'll add this, I'll add this caveat. What, what you're referring to is MOA, right? No, well, Mills. Mills, yeah. Mills. So um, Mills. Whatever angular whatever you Whatever it is. Yeah. So what he's really referring to is, okay, so how many adjustments do I need to make either internal to the optic? So you might have a different, um, you know, optic with, what's the... What's a reticle. Where yeah, a different hold. reticle yeah. where you can do different holds, where you can make the actual physical adjustments. Uh, but the other thing that I do is I measure, or I, I memorize the inches for my hold as well. Because those are two different things. So if I know that I, if I'm shooting at an elk inside the 100, which is another reason why I zero a lot of stuff at 200 is because I want a flat trajectory all the way out to four where I don't have to necessarily memorize. I'm going to change your mind on that whole 200 yard thing though. But maybe. No, I will. I do it because I don't want to fucking, I know that I'm inside a heart box within 400. So it's point of aim, point of impact. I'm going to hold, if it's out, if it's fucking if it's 400, I'm holding basically high heart because that's where I'm at, right? Because depending on, it, it depends on the caliber too. So right now, I think I'm shooting a, P, a 6.5 PRC. Uh, it's 200 is like 14 inches a drop, give or take, which a fucking elk heart is at 400 is like it's fucking math. It's, it's, it's literally 14 fucking inches across on the downside. So you're like, I'm holding high heart and I'm going to shoot at 400. It's, it's not, it can't be 14 inches to drop it, but it may be 200, right? It's going to be like- No, four, if I'm if I'm zeroed at 200- <laughs> And then you shoot at what? 400? I'm shooting at 400. Okay, 400. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. <clears throat> 200 yard difference. That's what Correct. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like, I like to not you know fucking that worry. But, that, but that's what I'm saying is I like to just, I like to simplify my life. And then if things get fucking- Squirrely. So now I'm outside of four and I've got some wind or I'm inside the four and I've got some fucking wind. Now I know I'm going to have to sit down and do some fucking adjustments. I'm if you were to take a little bit more time. If you were to take that gun and you were zeroed at 300 instead yep. of 200, right. you'd get out further. You'd hit a little higher in your kill zone, but you would hit any kill zone within 10 inches. Right. So whatever animal, so maybe not coyotes, but anything bigger than that, mule deer, whitetail, stuff like that. Between zero and further than you would with a 200. Yeah. If you were to zero your gun at 400, you're going to be outside sure. the kill zone. Yeah. And then you're going to come back and it's yeah. not worth it. Mm-hmm. But the 200 yard zero, I find interesting because that what is a... Do zero. you like yours at one or what do you I do? leave mine at, at, a, at 100. But, yeah. but when I walk around the woods, like I said, yeah, all I do is dial it to my 300 yard exactly. zero. Yeah. Because I can shoot anywhere as far out to about 375 with this. Yeah. 350. Yep. That's on a 10 inch target. Now, if I was to shoot an elk, 18, 20 inch target, sure. I can get away with more. Yep. But like knowing the, the important thing is, so is what knowing, were you going to change my mind? Tell me how, how you're so going to change So 200 yards zero, mm-hmm. there's no point to have a 200 yards zero because it is better than a 100 yards zero, mm-hmm. but you might as well have a 300 yards zero and just learn it. And, okay. it, and what, it, what, it, what it boils down to is, like, or put a 100 yards zero on your gun. Yeah. And then just always walk around with your gun on one mil or three and a half minutes. Got it. Um, if you if you put your gun on that, it's the same thing as having a your gun zeroed on. Sure. There. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it doesn't really matter how doesn't you want to do it. But like <clears throat> to make it easy with the ballistic computers is zero your gun at whatever you want. Sure. I then, recommend. And, hold on, though. I will say this. 
I would never zero your rifle, your hunting rifle inside of the hundred. Cause you said no guys yeah. that go out and they'll zero it at like 50 or 25. Yeah. Like, you're setting no yourself dog. up for failure. No, no, no. You, you got to stretch it out. Like you, you got to at least, and I know like a lot of guys will look at the back there. They'll look at the back of their ammo. They're like, I, I've been in these conversations. They're like, what does hundred yards mean? I can shoot at a hundred yards. I'm like, that's where you have to zero your rifle. Like in order to get the proper ballistic chart that you're looking at on the back of your box of ammo, typically they're going to give you your hundred and your 200 yards zero, depending on the round, right? yeah, yeah. depending on the manufacturer. But I've had these conversations with guys where they're like, they don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. And they're like hundred or 200 yards zero. I per it's a personal preference thing, but I'm just telling you guys, don't fucking zero your rifle at 50 yards. Like stretch so, it out. But, and that's coming from back in the day we had Woodstock light barrels. Yeah. And it, with a duplex reticle, just crosshairs, just yeah. crosshairs, fucking duplex reticle, just crosshairs. Like the worst setup you can have for when you want to do long range shooting. But a guy that has shot that for 20 years and knows that gun and zeroed it wherever the fuck he wants with, it could be a, $400 setup for everything. Sure. But he knows that where he needs to hold on that animal. Sure. He can be successful out to four. You're right. 450 because he's going to be faster and he knows that damn gun versus somebody that spends 12 grand on a gun. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, I got the latest and greatest. And they do this shit 24 <laughs> seven. And then they're like, I don't fucking know what this is at fucking 200. And they're sitting there going, okay, let range it. Fucking, holy fuck. It's within two. It's, it's 250. Yards. <laughs> it's 250. Pull the fucking trigger. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so and you're shooting at a, a big ass <laughs> They got their Kestrel out. It's yeah. 250. No wind. wind calls. <laughs> um, like, so yeah. simplifying this can be difficult, but like, uh, it's not, it's, it's people make it difficult. I guess simplifying this is easy. If you spend a decent amount of money on an optic, mm -hmm. right. And when I say, well, what kind of optics do you like? I don't give a fuck as long as you can, it's as long as when you click it, you like the clicks, as long as that it tracks all yeah. the way out to however far you need to. And some people right. are like, oh, my, my optic doesn't track. What I mean by that is when I click it up, say two mils, it should move it if this is a first focal plane sure. optic, two mils at whatever distance, right? Mm -hmm. And exactly two mils. And they're never perfect. This night force isn't perfect. If, right. I was to go, if I was to measure, do a scope tracking test with this, once I get to like 24 mils, I'm like, oh, it's 0.3 mils off. Who gives a fuck? It's 24 right. mils in elevation. Yeah, 24 That's mils. A That's, That's a, a lot. It's gonna out, it's gonna outperform the distance of that round at what's 24, what's 24 mils gonna do as far as like That's 12, 13. Shit. No, it's not. Not with this caliber. Uh 24 right. mils is over a mile. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's like uh, six five yep. creed at a mile. <laughs> yep. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And the realities behind that too. God, there's so many things to talk about, but Long range shooting elk. We're talking about hunting. We're, let's with, just within, keep it, with, keep it hunting within 700 yeah. yards. Right. If you shoot an elk outside of 700 yards in an area you're not familiar with, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Why? Because of wind. Yeah. And you got to be able to read wind between two miles an hour, within mm. two miles an hour to be able to hit a 20 inch target at 700 yards. That's with a 28 nozzler, a pretty damn good round. That's a good flat, round. Flat yeah. shooting round. Yeah. They got their problems and they're, they're finicky, but like, Damn good round. Are they? I don't. Yeah. Fuck, I don't when it know. comes to building the rifle, like you can hit or miss with getting a good rifle Got or it. a bad rifle with having 
like say Nosler versus Hornady rounds. Yeah, yeah. But once you get, if you get a good rifle, damn, you got a good, good rifle. Only about a thousand round barrel life out of a 28 Nosler versus say a 6.5 Creedmoor. But we're talking about having that terminal ballistic damage like that will fuck animals up to make sure you get that one and done kill shot. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I went on a tangent. I'm over here thinking like a million different things running through my head and I'm forgetting shit. But uh, what we're talking about? Uh, well, what I want to talk about, well, while you're thinking, okay, what I want to talk about is you don't have to spend a king's ransom to get into a good fucking elk gun. No. I've had this conversation with at least 100 people on Instagram because they're like, man, I really want this, you know, this rifle because I want to kill elk, but it's so fucking expensive. I'm like, dude, you don't need that $10,000 AI or whatever the fuck you're trying to go buy. Like you don't need that. Like there's so many good rifles. I shot my blacktail in Alaska with Steve's Steve Ranella's son's six five Creed Weatherby that was a literally a uh, like a child sporting rifle because I was like we're humping around in the middle of the uh, Prince of Wales in this rainforest and I didn't want to carry twenty fucking pounds and it's a it's a small deer. But that Weatherby, yep. with the optic, the optic was um, Vortex. 300 that, that, bucks, 1,000 bucks. Th- that entire setup was no more than 1,200 bucks. Yep. And that entire setup. The gun, 700 bucks. Yeah. Spent 300 bucks on an optic. You can get out to five, 600 yards. Absolutely. All day long yep. with a light barrel. None mm-hmm. of this shit that I have on here. No adjustable cheek piece. And you can get, you can get a kill shot mm-hmm. off and hunt. And like, Absolutely. If you and then it just boils down to learning your optic and learning your holds. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a reticle, say that, or an optic that doesn't have the ability to do the turrets, mm-hmm. old school, like you yeah. know, you got the fucking coin or your brass. Right. Let's say you've got an old school one, but you've got lines in there. You've got say a uh, stadium lines mm-hmm. is what they call them, and so it comes down, and then it's a real fine, and then you get your crosshair, and then it comes down, and then it breaks off again. Mm-hmm. You've got one two, three different holds right there. Right. Put your top hold, your first stadium line mm-hmm. at fucking 300 yards. Right. Figure out what the what the crosshair is and figure out what the bottom is. You just maximize the shit out of your rifle. Mm-hmm. And that's with an inexpensive rifle. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is like all of these guns that are built that are six, seven, dollars $8,000, $12,000 with the optics sometimes, like these are for people that this is what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. This is their profession. They have a shit ton or they have a shit ton of money or B, they're going to go do a $30,000 to $70,000 Marco Polo hunt. Mm-hmm. And the closest they're going to get is 600 yards and they cannot afford to miss. Right. Hunting elk, hunting anything in North America, you don't need this shit. Right. Why do I have it? Because I want it. I want to mm-hmm. make sure that nothing fails. But like. But it's part of your profession. Like exactly. You said. It's, it's, it's part of your profession and it's part of your passion. And. I want the carbon fiber barrel and I want all of this stuff. And this is, I use it all the time for, mm-hmm. but people that want to go out there and put meat on the table, you don't go. Need and I love doing this. I love going and mm-hmm. grabbing any fucking rifle. Cause people get by these $12,000 rifles and they're like, damn, yeah, I'm so much better. I'm like, all right, take a $12,000 rifle. Give me the rifle you brought here, which was a piece of shit. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't even want to use this thing. <laughs> I'm like, but we're going to have a little, we're going to have a competition. Right. We're going to show you what knowledge, how much, more knowledge has to do with long range shooting than 
equipment, right? Is it nice to have the latest and greatest? Yep. But if yeah. you don't know how to use it, it doesn't fucking matter. Well, most of the stuff for guys is sits in their safe. And <sighs> yeah. so they have, they have these shooting trophy guns, right? They're like trophy guns. And they sit in their safe and they collect dust and they look pretty and they're, they're brought out for show and tell with their buddies, but they don't shoot them. And I, I've had this conversation with other people too, where um, people are like, man, you, you like just your guns are like in the back of your truck and they're, you know, kind of people think they're mistreated. I'm like, they're not, they're tools. They're not, you, you, you don't buy a rifle so you can keep it as pristine as possible. Like, you know, surround it with big pillows and, you know, wipe the dust off of it with golden rags. Like <laughs> it's a fucking tool. Oh. Like it, it's meant to get dirty. Oh. And oh, by the way, sometimes guys like, when are you using the shit out of them for multiple days? They might get a little rust on them now and again too. You just have and to it, just, you just have to like, and if your it. shit doesn't operate dirty or rusty, you got a shit <laughs> yeah, platform. You got a right? shit platform. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, you should be able to operate this thing dirty. Like, look at this. There, there's uh, cop. You can see yeah. copper on the inside of the muzzle brake here. This isn't perfectly cleaned. I don't clean the shit out of this stuff all the time because I use it. But I also, it. without doing that, like, I'm not not taking care of it. No. Um, but it, it it's like for me, it, it's like um, it's like your pickup truck. You better use it. You use it. Yeah, you use it. And you don't get butt hurt whenever you get a, a ding or striping on the side yeah, or a ding yeah. or anything. It's like when you have your redneck pinstripes on the side, you're not just going, you're not like, oh, you know what? Oh my God, I got to, I got to, <laughs> I got to take this back into the shop and get it repainted because I got, you know, branch branches that scratched the side of my truck. It's like, man, it's a rifle. Yep. Eat it up, I, use it. I, uh, so I instructed this ranch called Branded Rock Canyon and it's all branded, branded, rock? branded rock canyon. Okay. Yep. All millionaires and billionaires that come there because it's an expensive luxury five star resort. Like it's a five star resort. Oh, oh hell yeah! Like this is like how big? How big is it? Uh, Fifteen thousand private acres, but it's like we're talking. Shit. When I say like it can house up to about thirty six people. Where's it? At? Twelve or fourteen individual rooms in uh, Debec, Colorado. But where's Debec? Like uh, an hour east of Grand Junction. Okay, okay. so yep. middle of fuck off nowhere. Mm -hmm. But the property is amazing. It's awesome. It's a great place to go and learn how to shoot. And what I did is I stood up the shooting program there. They're like, hey, Mark, right. uh, you think we can do a shooting program here? I'm like, holy shit, this place is amazing. Yes. So I've been working there for the past three years. We built a $300,000 building. I got to pick whatever the fuck guns That's I wanted to cool. pick. I, and it was like, you know, because of uh, the financial situation there, like, we were able to do a shit ton. It wasn't like the military, complete opposite of the military. It was right. whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. We will get it to make this the best. And I was like, holy shit. And so that's a lot of pressure on me because yeah, I'm like, yeah. I got to find the best. That's not cool, like, though. Not what people want, not what I think is the best. Right. What is the best for a hunting situation? So we built guns there. We have guns built there. And even with that being said, right now, there's, we used to have Gunworks. Mm -hmm. Now we have Mesa. Um, we could, we could have gone with RMP rifles. We could have gone mm -hmm. with a lot of different rifle manufacturers. Who mm -hmm. gives a shit? The point is, is that I get these people there and when they come through my course, they've got a shit ton of money. They don't mind spending it dropping three to four rifles. And I tell them, hey, I don't want you buying three to four fucking rifles. I want you to buy two rifles, one or two rifles and learn how to use that yeah. thing. And yep, it's going to get dirty, but you need to learn everything about this gun. And 
when I teach my courses, I don't give a shit about making money. I get a shit about like making deadly motherfuckers with a rifle mm-hmm. right. out to certain ranges. Yeah, yeah. Um, when clients send me pictures, oh, I shot a Marco Polo at a thousand yards. I'm like, well, you're an asshole. You should not have done that, but good job getting a first round impact. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm like, yeah, good yeah. job. Good um, job. Like you're, you're outside of that scope of what you should be doing, but you know what? You spent fucking $70,000 on this hunt or however much you spent. Right. And you, that's your last day. Fuck it. Like, you know, you're going to send it. And if, especially if you're confident with no wins, sure. blah, 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 you're, you might spend, you might send it. So learn your rifles, but like, it's about becoming better with a platform. You can't take a gun, like you said, spend all the money in the world and then put it in a safe mm-hmm. and never shoot it. You got to take that one out and you've got to learn it and you've got to shoot it. And yes, I have a, I got my dope written on the side here, right? I love to put it on the inside of my scope cap. And sometimes I'll have no, it on the you side. You should. Look, because, I'm not, I'm no, not no, no, saying know, that you, you shouldn't. Were. I'm saying like, you shouldn't have to, you should be so proficient with your dope that you shouldn't have to reference it. But for a long time, like, and I, I tell people the same thing, like put it on your stock, put it on the interior of your scope cap or wherever you put it. But that should be every time you're shooting it, you're constantly referencing it so you can learn yep. your dope and it should be second nature. Different environments. Inside. Summertime, wintertime, huge Absolutely. difference. Um, but shoot the same bullet, mm-hmm. get a good hunting bullet, shoot the same bullet, shoot. And when I say good hunting bullet. What do you guys, what do you shoot? Do you like, do you oh, shoot so Barnes or what do you this, we'll like, shoot Hornady. Yeah. Um, we'll shoot the Hornady 143 grain ELDX mm-hmm. um, on animals, but the ELDMs, the match grade rounds I've heard are just as damn good. Right. I don't fucking know. I haven't shot through ballistic gel. Right. But I, there's a shit ton of people saying like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing great with this or that. Right. I don't give a fuck. All I know is I can kill animals with 143 grains. And my, that last bowl I shot was three, it scored 335. It was a big fucking a big body bowl. Yeah. I think I got over... 250, I think there's like 300 pounds of meat that came off that thing, which is a shit ton. Yeah. I'm going to pick it up. Pretty excited about that. Um, with a 6.5, I shot it, racked it, getting ready to shoot within five seconds. That's always the goal. Get another yeah. shot off within five seconds. Yeah. The fucker is just facing me. He's just like looking. I'm like, I'm not going to shoot you in the face. And he wasn't going anywhere. Right. He, he ran like 10 steps down, just standing there within 10 seconds on the ground. Yeah. Didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's a 6.5 Creedmoor. And it was only like a 400 and I think it was like 400 yards. I don't even remember. It was close. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's realistic hunting. Mm-hmm. For this, for this, and did I need to look at this on the side? Hell no. I looked no. at it and I was like, whatever the hell it was, 360 or 400. And I was right. like, all right, 1.5. Yeah, put yeah. it on 1.5. I think it was 360. And then I was like, I didn't look at this, put it on 1.5. Wind called. I could think about it, but I went ahead and adjusted parallax. I looked mm-hmm. at wind and I was like, nothing. Spin drift, nothing. Okay, let's just get ready to make. And the most important thing going through my head was I need to get two shots off. Yep. Get a good position, stable. And um, you're gonna you're not going to be shooting from the prone 99% of the time, right? 99. 99% of the time you're going to be yeah. shooting from a pack or off of a tree or rocks or like a tripod nowadays. Yep. yep. Um, and for that, like, there's all this gear that goes into it. You need a good optic. You need a good rifle. When I say good rifle, get any rifle that shoots a half minute or 0.75 inches, honestly. Mm-hmm. 0.75 inches or less, you got a good rifle with that ammo. It should be able to shoot factory ammunition. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to fucking load You're for right. it to get um, 0.75 inches. Once you've got that, get an optic that doesn't shift on you. You can go to the range. You can shoot it. If it's a smaller caliber and you got a good muzzle brake on, this can be a little bit cheaper, mm-hmm. right? 
get a decent set of rings. Hundred bucks for the rings will save you a, a lot, a lot of troubles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once you have that, learn the fucking gun, and then once you've got that down, then you can concentrate on positions, right? Like, what kind of equipment do I need? So. I got a Harris bipod on here right now. Never mm-hmm. in a million years would I hunt with a Harris bipod anymore. No. It's just in the way. I'll, I'll use uh, Spartan Precision Equipment. They're bipods and they're tripods. You can take them out. They're magnetic. Right. But they're perfect for hunting. They're right. multi-use. I can stick it in there, um, take it out if I need to put my tripod in, boom. But I've got two spots for both of those. And, I, and is it as stable as a Harris bipod? Fuck no. But I'm also not trying to shoot animals at 1,200 yards. Right. I'm trying to shoot animals with, at 700 and in. Yep. And if I can't shoot an animal at 700 and in, like if I can't get closer, uh, 99% of the time, you can get closer oh, at yeah. 700. But let's say you can't and you need to reach out there to 800 and you know your weapon system in and out and everything and you are 100% confident. If you're not making a fucking spin drift call for your caliber, then shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down and wait another day. Because spin drift can cause you to fucking, maybe not cause you to miss at that distance, but you need to put that into your caliber, especially a 6'5", mm-hmm. 800 yards. It's like 0.2 mils. Right. That gets at a whole different level of shooting. But if you can do that, you know about spin drift and you know about how to make proper wind calls and stuff and how to be humble about your shot, then sure, take that 800-yard shot. Hunting and long-range precision hunting, it's, it's not that fun to me anymore using a rifle and going out there, I'm like, ah, like I love hunting with a bow now because yeah. it's getting closer. It's stalking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot more to it than hunting with a rifle. And I do more bow hunting than I do rifle hunting, but this is complicated to so many people out there and it shouldn't be. Well, I think like, I've done the same thing. Like I've, the last couple of years I went to archery. Well, because I wanted to learn how to hunt. That was, that was like, I know how to shoot. I, I need to learn how to hunt. In order to learn how to hunt, you, I think you have to spend some time in, in archery land because... And they're two different things. Very, very different. Meat. Yeah. And then hunting. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a whole experience. Going out there with a mm-hmm. bow, a compound, or a trad bow. A trad. Like, yeah. going out there... Is that what you shoot? shoot. Uh, no, I, I, I am. I have been the last, like, year or so. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. It's, I mean, it's miserable. It's so miserable, but it's, it's, But it forces you... To take into account your entire environmental picture, and then it forces you to hunt, which is, you know, for me, I, I know how to shoot. So shooting is second nature. It's it, a lot of it to me right now is, is probably a lot like you. It's like, it, it, it's, I'm unconsciously competent yeah. at shooting out to, you know, 500 and in is like, is what it is. It's pretty easy. Um, and that's, most of the time when I'm, when I'm rifle hunting, 90% of the time, I'm not worried about 500 and beyond. You know why? Because I can hunt. <laughs> so if, and most of the time I'm like, I know that this shot is going to, I'm going to participate in this, in this hunt to inside the 300 yeah. because I can hunt because inside the 300 is fucking nothing when you've been archery hunting. No, yeah. It's like, Man, how many times have I been, you know, 300 and in and blown out, you know, elk or, you know, muleys or whatever it might be, like, because I just made really bad decisions when it came to uh, wind or too much movement or movement, too much yeah. sound or whatever it might be. I, I've 
fucking missed a lot of opportunities because I've messed up. And that's funny you said wind, because like wind is the number one reason people will miss with a long range precision mm-hmm. rifle. And wind is the number one people, people will fuck up archery hunting with a trad bow. Oh yeah. You know, and, and it's two completely different reasons. Two completely um, different reasons. One, the wind's blowing your projectile. Two, the, the, with the archery, um, the wind's blowing your scent into mm-hmm. the animal if you, if you pick that wrong. So 300 and in, I always recommend this. Like there, there's like so many different things with hunting that I try to recommend. And I'm, I'm not a great hunter by any stretch of the imagination. Please don't ever misinterpret that. I love hunting and it's, I'm extremely passionate about it, but I'm not a great hunter. Like there are people that are really great at it, but I, I really do recommend that people, if they love to hunt, like hunt, hunt, they got to spend some time hunting archery. They have to go out and hunt archery because it will make you a better hunter. And the cool thing is, is with a rifle, you can close the distance now. You know, once, once you've blown out a bunch of animals, depending on the type of animal that you're, you're after and you've blown them out and you've made a ton of mistakes and you start getting closer and closer and closer and closer because you're trying to get inside the 60 for a good compound shot. That's hard. It's, fucking hard work then you're always as you start to progress you're always inside the hundred you constantly close the gap and you're inside the hundred and you're inside the hundred like you know you can get inside the hundred because it's a totally different feat to get from a hundred to 60 and it's a a totally different dimension to get from like 60 inside you know down to like 30 and then from 30 in because that's the trad right yeah 30 and in, oh, 100%, 30, 30 and in, if you're hunting trad on the 30 and in, it's a whole other level, man. The and that's, stock it's, it's like going from, place. it's like going from precision shooting to a regular hunting rifle, to a compound bow, yeah. to a trad bow. The next fucking step is throwing fucking at ladle darts at the end. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. None yeah. of us are going to get proficient yeah, enough to do that no. shit in a real, real world no, application. No, there no. are guys, I guess, that have done it, but it's illegal as shit. Can't do it anyways. Unfortunately, I'd love to try that on like hogs. And so, but hunting with a trad bow or hunting with a compound, like especially hunting with a trad bow, once mm-hmm. I picked, because I hunted with a compound for years. And then once I picked up my comp, uh, my trad, because I had to. Yeah. yeah. Not for the show, so, you know? Right. And I was like, I have to like get more proficient with this. You fall in love with it and you realize, holy shit, this is hunting. You walk around with a stick in your hand and it doesn't matter if you do a right. 10 day hunt in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, and you don't get shit. Like doesn't matter. It is way better experience. And when you do get something with that trad bow, it means 10,000 times more than yeah. getting something with a rifle. Like I shot my bull uh, a couple months ago and I was, or a couple weeks ago. And I was like, nah. And they're like, they're expecting me to be all excited and stuff. And I'm like, I got, I got meat. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like, yeah, you know, but if I would have done that with a trad bow. Yeah. You would have been. That's a different reaction, right? You're getting, that's up close and personal. That is hunting. With that being said, if you do some archery hunting first and you get into that and you start doing it, for fuck's sake, you grip, put this thing in your hand, you're going to feel a hell of a lot more confident, right? Yeah, way more confident because, <clears throat> and I did it, um, I did it when uh, I went on a hunt with Rogan a few weeks ago and uh, we hunted archery first and then we went out and in that's not, that's not a name drop, I guess, but it, like we were out hunting and we did archery first. We both killed elk and then we transitioned and then went out for pigs and bear with rifle. 
and where was this in Northern California? Nice. And um, where it was so easy. <laughs> like, like when you've been hunting with your, and it was like all within like 72 hours. Right. So it was like archery first, then rifle, rifle. And I'm like, this is fucking easy, man. Like, but you know, I killed my elk this year, 66 with my bow and it was one and done. Dude was dead in five minutes. Like it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a little bit forward, like a little bit too close to the shoulder for my, for my liking, but one and done. He's dead in five minutes. I, I can't, I, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Right. It's great. It's a great shot. <clears throat> my pig, I shot it like six times because I'm like, it's at, you know, 250 or whatever it might have been. And I just keep putting rounds in it because you want it to die a very quick, you know, mm-hmm. a very quick and ethical death. Um, and if an animal's ever up, shoot it again. Shoot it again. Shoot it again. Yeah. Keep keep putting it. Keep putting rounds in it because you don't. I, and, I, and I've seen that a lot where people are like, "Bang!" and then they'll look. That they'll happens ninety nine percent of the look. time. I love it when they shoot and then they take their head out of the scope and they look up like, "What the fuck are you looking yeah, at? What are you looking at? <laughs> like you can't <laughs> see it." So I'm like, both the bear and and the hog. I'm just like, "Bang! Bang! Bang!" Like I'm just throwing the bolt forward, just yeah. putting rounds in it because it's still moving, right? And uh, the guys with me are like, man, you love to pull the trigger. And I'm like, ah, just what I do, like, if if I can shoot arrows that fast, I would put multiple fucking yep. arrows in, in an animal. But the unfortunate thing is once you hit, once you hit him with an arrow and you're knocking another one, I'm putting another one as, on as fast as I can. A lot of times they've moved and they might have moved another, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards and I got to range it again. So by the time I'm ready to put in another another arrow, like there's a whole other hunt going on, yeah, depending yeah. on where how fast I can get another arrow in. So <clears throat> it's a different animal. But with rifles, I'm like, yeah, you just keep shooting. You sh- and that's that should be a thing that you train to. So it should always be shoot, rack the rack the yeah. observe impact if mm-hmm. you can. If it's right. within 300, that's fucking hard. And it's really hard to observe impact on an animal. If mm-hmm. you have a spotter with you, great. Let's say you're within 500 yards mm-hmm. and you're really confident in your weapon system. Shoot, rack the bolt. Don't even observe impact. Shoot again. If you're missing, that means you've done something really fucked up and yep. are not proficient with your right. weapon system. Rack the bolt, shoot again. So on target practice, you should be shooting those circle swingers while they're fucking swinging. Yeah. Boom, boom. What's the, uh, what's this, like this big? That's just a bolt knob just to make it bigger so it's easier to flip bolt. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's super cheap. I like that. That's like, I think, I don't know, 60 bucks, but it's online. Right. They're cheap. You can find those things like, and th- people are like, well, this is, this isn't the best action ever. I'm like, dude, this action works great. And it's yeah. a cheap ass action. Um, this whole gun setup, like right here, I love it. Why do you have? So why do you have a level one on your okay, rings? Dude, fucking amazing question. I really love that question. Um, this is bullshit. It's a, it's a uh, for angle. It's not bullshit. Oh, okay, but, yeah. But yeah, this angle. right here for level. Mm-hmm. Why is it so important to be level? I know so, the answer to these. Yeah, I'm yeah. just asking. I'm, I'm so, like softballing you up. So this is like the last, since about 2012, we started learning how fucking important levels were. Right. Um, I ran the mountain high angle sniper course and people were failing, failing, failing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I was like, hey, none of you guys have levels on your guns. Why? 
And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I mean, it has to be level. And I knew that, but I didn't know how big of a difference it made. Yeah. When I found out that for every uh, five degrees that your gun is canted, it's going to be, we're going to talk mils for a sure. second. We can yeah, convert yeah, it. Please. It's going to be 0.1 mils for every hundred yards for every five degrees of can. So that means at a thousand yards, your shit's going to be one mil in that direction. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is 35 inches. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. About 35 inches in that direction. That's way the fuck off. Now let's say two and a half degrees, which is shit. Two and a half degrees is going to be 0.5 mils. So 17 inches, whatever. Cut that shit in half. In that direction and low, you're missing your kill zone. When you look through in a mountainous environment and you look through this optic and you go, that's level. No, the fuck it's not. No, it's not. It's so many times where I'm like, all right, and this is what I do with my students. I cover this shit up and I'm like, all right, right. go ahead and shoot. Like, tell me, or move, move the scope until it's level, mm-hmm. the target's level, everything's right, level. Right, right. And they're like, okay, it's level. I'm like, that shit's not even close. And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. That's level. And they're going, no, the fuck it's not. And I'm like, trust the damn <laughs> Right? This is huge. So when order of operations, when I go to shoot, I'm going to give you guys some... Uh, some, some knowledge. This is what you should be doing every single time. Locate your target. Range the target. Once you've ranged the target, you know that target's range. If it's not running off or going crazy distances, get into a solid position. Once you've got that solid position, you already know the range in your head. While you're building that position, you should be going, okay, what's my elevation? Right. And I always start with the elevation. It's uh, just a methodical, systematic approach to doing this. Elevation, 500 yards, 2.7, 2.7. Check parallax. This is your focus, right? On any good optic, you're going to have a parallax. Sure. Check your focus. Mm-hmm. Check your cant. So I go, boom. Elevation, parallax, cant. Cant good. Parallax is good. And then wind call. Mm-hmm. If you want to dial wind, dial wind. I don't give a shit. If you want to hold wind, hold wind. Wind's changing constantly. Mm-hmm. Every second is changing. So right. holding wind is more beneficial. Um. If you're a novice shooter or you don't know how to hold yet and you have a good, someone that's spotting, dial everything for them. All they have to do is hold the crosshair center. Mm. If you are trying to learn, go ahead and hold wind. And But you're reading, last thing you're doing is reading wind through your optic or your spotter is. And so you're going, okay, elevation check, parallax check, can't check, and then a wind call. If you do those things, you'll hit your fucking target. It's that simple. And it's like, uh, we can get out to 600 yards or 700 yards on elk, reading them within two miles an hour, and we can get out to mule deer out to 500, mm-hmm. um, which is a 10-inch target, with first-round impacts almost guaranteed if you right. can read wind within two miles an hour. And how do you find out if you can read wind within two miles an hour? That's why, like, my courses, I concentrate on wind so damn much. Mm-hmm. You, call, you can call the, the Mountain Scout Sniper Course, the high-angle sniper course. Who gives a shit about the angle? You learn one quick thing, and you don't even need to worry about the angle anymore. Right. Those range finders take care of all these angles. <laughs> yeah, they have an angle compensator. Right? Yeah. So that's pretty much pointless. Yeah, it's yeah. really wind. Right. Like, how does wind affect my bullet, or how is, how is the wind going to change based off this terrain? And mountainous so environments you, you use your castrol? So when I teach my students, I'll go out there with them, right. and I'll go out there. Well, actually, first, they're all surrounded around me. Mm-hmm. And I'll take this shit, and I turn it around. Because mm-hmm. as an instructor, I should be able to show my students that I can fucking do this. Right. right? I hate instructors that go in this world and they're like, man, yeah, this is what, what you should be able to call in within two miles an hour, man. That's how you should be able to do it. Yep, yep, yep. And then they can't fucking do it or they don't show their students. Fuck right. that. I'll put my name on the line and I'll say, and that's a ballsy move, right? Right. And usually within one miles an hour, mm-hmm. all the way up to say 10 miles an hour or 12 miles an hour. After that, once it starts gusting really hard, it's hard to be, uh, but that, really but accurate. that's at muzzle. 
right? So the, where are you at? But if you can feel what it feels like on your face, I yeah. teach them first. What does this wind feel like? Okay, right. that's a six mile an hour wind. Yeah. I know what that feels like. Great. Now you know at your position what wind is doing. Mm-hmm. Then I go down range and I go to 300 yards down range, 400 yards. It doesn't matter. And I teach them how to read mirage, not oh, bushes, yeah, not yeah, trees, right. not grass. I don't give a shit about that because everywhere right. you go in this world is going to be different. Yep. Um, sagebrush, for example, is adapted over thousands of years not to fucking move. If you see sagebrush moving and you're shooting, you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> uh, like, right. So, but you go down there and I say, okay, this is what the wind's doing. And you guys see mirage? They focus their optics. So they're all on spotting scopes. They're like, yep, I see it. And they got a radio. And I'm like, hey, all right, 2.6, 2.7, 4.0, 4.1, 4.1, And I call wind. Right. Then I give them the radio. And I'm holding it. And I usually videotape it so they can see like right. what they're doing. And they start off and they're sucking. I'm like, all right, stop. And I'm do it again. And I do this over and over again. And then it gets to the point where they're reading wind and they're within usually one mile an hour hmm. off of Mirage. Right. And it's small crazy. drills like that that make you more confident. What that translates into is looking down range and going... <laughs> Okay, I feel the wind at myself. This is a 500-yard shot, six miles an hour myself. I'm shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor. We're going to call it a six-mile-an-hour gun. And I feel it on myself at six miles an hour mm-hmm. at myself. I look down range, and I'm like, yeah, it's consistent. That's about a six-mile-an-hour wind at 500 yards. I'm going to go 0.5 mils. 0.5 mils, you can convert it to minutes if you want. Who gives a shit? But for um, an easy wind-calling process, I'm just going to say 0.5 mils. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason for that. Now I go, okay, it's 500 yards. I also know that I've got a 0.1 mil spin drift to the right because of my spin drift. Mm-hmm. The rotation of my projectile spinning to the right because of the rifling is right. going to spin 0.1 mils to the right. It was going to shift. But I know that I got to compensate. So if I, have a, if I have a left to right wind, right, and I'm already going 0.5, I need to go 0.6. 0.6. Yeah. So at 500, I should start accounting for spin drift with a 6.5 Creedmoor. At 800, I add 0.2 for spin drift. At, a thousand, at like 1,100, I'll add 0.3. If there's zero wind at 1,100 yards, wind call, 0.3 mils. Fucking spin drift. You yeah. have to compensate for these things. But when I, when I have my students and they're behind the glass and they're spotting for their buddies and they're like, all right, yep, uh, this is the way it works. Hey, target's over here by the only lonesome tree out there. Got it. Yep, it's a bull facing left to right, wiggling his tail. Great. Hey, he's got a white spot on his ass. Yep, white spot on his ass. You confirm the target always, right? right. Like, all right, hey, target range, 400 yards, elevation 1.9. Target range, 400, elevation 1.9. Check parallax, check camp. Parallax, good. Camp, good. This is a shooter spotter mm-hmm. communication. Standby for wind. That spotter should be making wind calls 24 fucking seven. I don't, it's 400 yards away. You can fucking talk. Right. Like you can be like, hey, whisper. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey. Most of the time what people do, which annoys the shit out of me, they're like, all right, it's not, not much. Just hold center. Fuck that. Give them a wind call. Right. And constant. So it should sound like this. It should be like, right, stand by for wind. All right. Give me 0.3 left. 0.3 left. 0.2 left. 0.3 left. Point three left. Point four. Point five is gusting. Point five left. Point five left. Point five left. Point five left. Point five. Boom. Shot breaks when they're holding at point five left. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And so they should, once, whenever they feel like it, they pull the trigger. But that right. is a constant wind call. And if you yeah, do that, that makes sense. If you make constant wind calls. So in the past, right. like our dialogue for shooter spotter was so fucked up, it's not even funny. It's like, do this, do that. Shooter ready, spotter ready, on target, fire when ready. 
what the fucking waste of time and worthlessness <laughs> are you doing right now? Right. If you ever need to tell your shooter to hold, and funny thing is, I learned this shit in Sodic, the course that I failed, I learned a shit ton mm-hmm. from that course. You always learn more when you fail something, right? Maybe not. Uh, I did, though. I learned a shit ton from that course. And they're the ones that taught me this new dialogue. The Army taught the Marine Corps Scout Sniper new dialogue? What? That makes sense. I started, yeah. You're like, that makes sense. It does make but, sense. And I went ahead and implemented that into the Marine Corps program. And mm-hmm. holy shit, like watching students do that, there's nothing more gratifying for an instructor than to listen to your students get all this shit down to a science. And it, because what you're doing is you're making yourself faster right. and you're not missing any steps. <clears throat> and then when they start making wind calls and they hit that target, I'm like, fuck yes. And what do I just do? I've spent, say, well, shit, I've spent the last 15 years doing precision rifle stuff. Right. And I don't shoot elk past 700 yards. Right. Yeah. So what? So here's a question. You've got three different range finders over there. Yep. So what, what's that big green one? So this is the Terrapin X. Um, yeah, that's, uh, what the hell company is that? Uh, same one that make the uh, Vector Dagger. Uh, what's so great about this? This thing looks I mean, like a it, fucking space It's supposed space to shoot machine. out really far, right? So the Terrapin X, is, it's a great laser rangefinder. It compensates right. for angle all, on, angle all the way out. Laser rangefinders have been my nemesis, man. Like, Really? Oh, fuck yeah. Because I, I have to have it account for angle, and I have to have it read a long ways. Because yeah, when yeah. it reads zero, yeah, yeah. you don't know what the fuck it range it right. is. So I what are you up, using now? It's a you got fuck a show loophole, You got a SIG. You got a I love this loophole. Yeah. The reason being is because this thing will hit 2,800 to 3,000 all day long on a mountain. Yeah, you're Not right. on a reflective target. Yeah. People read this shit. They're like, oh, 2,800 on a reflective target. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Am I shooting reflective targets anymore? No, right. No. We're not. Let me see the thing. Um, but it does not compensate for angle. So if I'm shooting flat, I know, okay, boom. But it will always give me my range. I will right. always have that in my pack in case one of these don't work. Got it. The SIG, dude, this thing compensates for angle. And I've had a lot of problems with these, like all of a sudden just not being able to range very far. Right. If we could use a plurf, you know, those plurfs in the, in the military, we have yeah. plurfs. They're like five grand. Yeah. And those things, I mean, you spend five grand on a laser rangefinder, it's going to push through some, some uh, mists, through some dew, through some fog. Right. A hell of a lot better than these will because the atmosphere is going to change how reliable these things are with this with these lasers. But point is, don't ever go out there hunting. You got two two thoughts. Two thoughts. Yeah. You can't go out there and just be lazing shit when it's 150 yards away from you. Right. Shoot the animal. Shoot it. After, if you're like, hey, that's beyond my max, what I call it, max point blank range, which means if you're on one mil. You can hit that animal from zero or you're on whatever. You can hit that animal from zero all the way out to that max effective range. That's your mm-hmm. max point blank. Anywhere within the kill zone. High or low, doesn't matter in, in the kill zone. If you can do that, outside of that range, range it. Mm-hmm. Hey, 350 yeah. or 400. You also have the time. Right. What's this? You're thing? Gonna, that's just a knife. This is one of my knives I have. Did you make it? Nah, my, my buddy Corvus, or oh. Corvus, my buddy Corvus, my buddy Jerry Saunders <laughs> with Corvus Survival. He makes these knives, but... We're going to pause. All right, so we got three different range finders. Yep, you so, like your Leopolds. You like your SIG. Have you used that system with the uh, SIG scope and the SIG range finder that communicate to each other? Yeah, I've so seen it. Moves it. it. Yeah. Um, and the more this technology comes out, the more we're going to see it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And hell yeah. If we could have the best system in the world, it's mm-hmm. going to be a scope that I can press a button, ranges the target, automatically adjust where I need to hold, pull the fucking trigger. Right. And as long as it's accurate. But 
problem we're going to run into, I think, is like, that shit's going to be illegal. Like, you can't put a laser rangefinder on a compound bow. Right. Um, you can have a laser rangefinder out to the side, but you can't have it mounted to a bow. You can't have a camera in certain states, sure. right? Certain yeah, yeah. legalities. Yep. I think that might be an issue that we're going to see. So when I train my students, I'm always training them to be as fast as humanly possible with separate equipment. Um, but like, shit, uh, SIG makes that, Swarovski. Yeah. They also make the DS line, which mm-hmm. does that. And I've, I've shot them all, man. Not shot them all. I've shot a lot of different optics that do these things. And you always find something you're like, ooh, that does not compensate for angle. Yeah, it doesn't compensate for angle. Right? It doesn't compensate and, and for wind. The SIG one. I'm not saying yeah. the SIG, but I will say that the, uh, the DS line of Swarovski doesn't compensate for angle. So anything after like 600, you're like, eh. I like their glass. Um, Best glass you could ever get. Yeah, it's amazing. For clarity. And what I'll say with glass is is because a lot of people like in the hunting world, hunters love Swarovski. Mm -hmm. Military guys fucking don't give a shit about Swarovski. We don't know anything about it. If you're hunting sheep and you got to count rings, Mm -hmm. fucking get a Swarovski. Yeah. And maybe one without a reticle. And the fact that I just said that should, I should be be put in jail, put in in long range shooting jail. But it's all about observing as crystal clear of a picture as you can get. Right. Um, there's a guy, Brian Martin. He, he runs Asian Mountain Outfitters, and that's all his life is. Asian Mountain Outfitters? Asian, Asian Mountain Outfitters. So it's always Tajikistan or all the stands. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, it, yeah. and he's a chubby little guy. And right. like you said, motherfuckers that can hunt and hike. And he blows my mind on his knowledge on long-range precision shooting, never of going through a course. Only experience. Right. But... You know, he'll be like Swarovski. And at first I was like, ah, whatever. What's the difference in quality and class? Yeah, yeah. And then you look through, you're like, okay, they got a point. That's I've, clear. I've had, I've had that same epiphany. I, I used a different uh, bino manufacturer for a long time. And then I just switched over because it was like night and day yep. between the two pieces of glass. Does like your bino have a laser rangefinder in it? No, I just carry one. Okay. My so, bino, my old ones do. Yeah. But I always had a, a rangefinder with me either way, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted something that was just going to be concentrating on glass. And you know what's cool is Swarovski and other brands are starting to make this too. They I are. think actually Sig that makes integrated rangefinder bino, where you boom, and then you can also sh- boom, and I'll tell you the flat the distance in between yeah, the two right. things, which is cool. You can that's use that for, super cool, especially military applications. Yeah. But that's what the Plurf did, right, or the Vector. Um, so with glass, I use Night Force mm-hmm. or I'll use Leupold. Right. There's pros and cons to each company. Sure. And you can use a Swarovski or a Collis. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're trying to get into. The, the point is there's pros and cons to every company from product, how, how uh, durable it is, to how you like the clicks, if it has clunks, um, how good the glass clarity is, mm-hmm. how, how well it holds a zero. Um, for binos, does it have a laser rangefinder? Does it not? Does it have a reticle? Does it not? Mm-hmm. Um, am I just, what am I using it for? Just observing. Swarovski makes badass binos. All these companies that if they, if you're hunting elk or anything in North America other than uh, sheep, you don't need to spend a shit ton of money on glass. Right. You can get away with um, Vortex or you can get away with uh, Loophole or you can get, and Loophole makes anywhere from reasonably priced stuff mm-hmm. to top High of the line. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the nice things about their company and fucking made in America, America and an amazing group of people to work with. When I look at rifle optics, I am, I shoot night force mm-hmm. and I fucking, I'm not going to say it's personal preference, right? Sure. Everybody has their, yeah, yeah. 
but I don't get along with the night force people. Mm-hmm. Attitudes, personalities, it's just a first thing I don't get along with. So with customer service, I'm like, fuck you and your customer service. I love loophole. Right. But Jesus Christ, this is a good option. <laughs> I'm like, this is the most amazing thing like I've ever shot. When it, and not necessarily this one. Um, but if you're going to go on a hunting application, the Night Force NX-8 is a damn good scope. And mm-hmm. it's kind of relatively new. Lightweight. My personal preference for what I would hunt with. Or you get into the loophole Mark V lines. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so either one, there's little things you, you may like or may dislike mm-hmm. about them. Regardless, both great quality optics. Guns, you're picking. Who gives a shit? Pick something. The, the basic things that I talked about as far as being able to adjust a cheek piece. Yeah, yeah. Start adjusting your cheek piece. Mm-hmm. That's something that I want to push out to this world of like hunters is that adjust you your cheek. This? Nope. You can go hunting all day long and not have mm-hmm. to have this. But when you go to the range and you want to shoot 200 rounds in a day and you want to practice, 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 you better have that on or you're gonna yeah. be, your neck's going to hurt. Right. Um, so adjust the cheek piece for... Uh, oh, shit. There's another good point I wanted to make. Uh, length of pole. Yeah, you can, you can adjust your length of pole. You don't have to get too crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Most stocks are 13 and a half or 13.75 inches length of pole. It's going to work. You can make it work. Right. Right. Um, a muzzle brake versus suppressor. How about that? Like all these, oh, I need a suppressor. If you're trying to, uh, well, suppressors aren't legal in every state to hunt nope. with, too. And when so. they are legal, Okay, maybe it's better, maybe it's worse. Um, the bowl I shot was suppressed, mm-hmm. and only because that's what we shoot at that ranch, mm-hmm. right? And I want yeah. to shoot with that ranch, but that ranch gun. But when I shot a suppressed with a six five, there was nineteen other bowls in that area. Yeah. Nineteen it was fucking nuts. Um, Amy Schaefer, the ranch manager, she's like hunted all around the world. Her brother's Brian Martin, and very well known hunter, like. All around the world. And so when she was like, this is the most bowls I've ever seen in an area at one time. There's right. Nine, there's 20 bowls, including your bowl. I shot that bowl, racked it, getting ready to put another round. And he ran down like 20 yards and or 10 yards. And then he just stopped. And all the other bowls were like, what the fuck is going on? Right. And I'm like, oh, did they? Wow. That was impressive. That's a benefit yeah. of shooting suppressed. What do you run for suppressors? Uh, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Anything that quiets it down. Yeah. Right? yeah. Gotcha. Um, Right now we've got, they call them Crow. It's it's spelled C-R-U-X, Crux mm-hmm. or Crow. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if they went out of business. I don't know what the fuck happened. Gunwork suppressors, Crow suppressors. Uh, Where's Gunworks at? Are they, Co- is it Gunworks in Idaho? Cody, Wyoming. Cody, Wyoming. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Cody, and Wyoming. We used to use Gunworks. Mm-hmm. I got like a personality that like I either get along with somebody or I don't get along with somebody. Right. It has nothing to do with their products. It just right. has to do with personality traits. Right. And I've got a strong personality. And so when I dislike somebody, I'm like, fuck you. Right. right. And so with a lot of companies, that's what happened. But that's why I, I try to tell people on this podcast, like, these are damn good optics. Yeah, yeah. These are damn good optics. This is a personal preference why I choose to shoot this. Um, Gunworks is a personal preference why I choose not to shoot them. There's a, also there's a lot. Guns. There's a lot of personal preference because once once you get past a certain point, it boils down to personal preference because, because you should we're be able all, to pick up that $300 rifle you're talking about mm-hmm. and make it happen anyways. Because we're all within a couple ounces and a couple bucks at this point. Right. So and it boils, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it boils down to your preference. Like, yeah. what do you like? But if, if you're within a couple bucks and a couple ounces, it's basically the same and it's going to boil down to who do you like better? And 
like it, it, it's funny because I've had this conversation with so many guys and they want to like they want to talk like caliber, right? Like that that's like the thing that everybody wants to talk about. You know, like seven mil or six five Cree, six five PRC, six five this, whatever fucking six mil, who cares? And I just get nauseated with it. I'm just like, whatever, dudes, like they're the conversation I like to have with people is like, how do you like to hunt? Right? How much time are you putting in trying to learn how to stock your animals, read the wind? You know, how are you, how are you pursuing the endeavor of hunting? And so when guys go out and they're like, well, I, I'm going to be able to shoot my elk out to a grand. I'm like, are you, are you now? Because when you get out to a grand and you're going, you know, from ridge to ridge at that point with, you know, a draw down the center or something like that, you got a lot of different types of wind out to a grand. And you have no way to read it. No way to read it. You can read it at your position of the animal and no way to read a thousand yards in between. Exactly. And so like I've, I've had that conversation so many times with guys. I'm like, choose the caliber you like. like. But the other thing is, is with hunting rifles, like they have to be light. You know why? Because you expect to walk. Yeah. Walk a lot and carry that <laughs> motherfucker. And you got to have a sling. Unless their type of hunting is a guided hunt sure. with vehicles. Yeah. Right? Then yeah, you, yeah. You, you can use a heavier rifle. But yes, like hunting. When mm-hmm. we were saying hunting. Hunting. We're talking about fucking hunting. Uh, hunting is different than shooting. Yep. Shooting can be part of hunting, right? But hunting, they're two definitively different skills and one encompasses the other. Shooting doesn't encompass hunting. Yep. Shooting is shooting. Hunting, if you're hunting with a rifle or a bow or whatever it might be, hunting absolutely encompasses shooting because it the hunt includes a kill if you're skilled enough to 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 pursue with success. So it's it's an encompassing skill. And that's where I think a lot of people they spend a lot of time on their shooting. And they don't spend enough time on their they, hunting. They don't spend jack shit time on their hunting. And that's why when I do my courses, man, I do the woodsman high angle courses. Mm-hmm. I spend two days on long range precision shooting. And then it's two days of bushcraft skills, yeah. which is hunting cool. skills. Yeah. Learn how to stock, learn how mm-hmm. to camouflage yourself, learn how to see shit, learn how to observe. And people right. are like, what the fuck do you mean? I know how to observe. No, they no, don't. Guides know how to observe. Why? Because they've been doing it for years. Yeah. But I can train them. Within two days, how to do what guys do. Why? Because I put... I it's, do a good, it's a good point. Uh, because I just learned this not too long ago. Because I used to just move the, my binos around, right? I'm like, oh, wait, no, I can't do that. You hold your binos in one location. And then you look at everything within your bino optic for movement. Then you move just... Slightly with overlap, right? Do it so again. you mark it and you do it again. And you have to look through your optics at, if you're just moving your binos around, right? You're not going to see shit. You're not going to see shit. You're, you're just not going to see shit. Not only are you not going to see shit, but like this is, and this is, it irritated me when I, when I did a hunt recently because this is what the guide was doing. They were, he was taking his binos and he was doing this, looking naked eyes. And I'm like, what? and he's like, nope, nothing here. Let's go. I'm like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> and I was like, let's just take a second. I don't give a shit if there's nothing here. I know you think there's nothing here, but I want to observe. Right. I want to look. I want to find that animal that's fucking hidden because there's hidden. There's hidden. There's, there's animals yeah, everywhere. There's all kinds of hidden. If you were to go through, and if you have no hunting experience and you wanted to get good at observing and see an elk, then you go look at elk. 
Mm-hmm. Or you go through a course that puts antlers out there, mm-hmm. put hides out there, shows right. you what the back end of an, the ass end of an elk looks like. Um, and you are building file folders in your memory to be able to, so when your peripherals pick up on something out of the mm-hmm. ordinary, you go, and your phobial vision now focuses in, it's like two degrees for phobial vision. You're like, boom, that's what I'm going to fucking concentrate on. Right. You can't, like, you may see it in your peripheral, but you're, you don't have a file folder for that. If you're a newbie and you don't know what the fuck this antler tine looks like, right? Like, you don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. So if you train yourself or guides, if you go out there and just do it all the time or you hunt all the time, naturally right. you will get that skill set. But learn how to hunt. Learn mm-hmm. how to observe. Learn how to be patient for mm-hmm. fuck's sake. Patience. Just stopping, slowing down mm-hmm. and scanning, observing, uh, camouflaging, concealing, concealment. Learn how to pack for a trip. Learn mm-hmm. how to get a proper tent. And this isn't rocket science. This isn't like, you should be able to go out there with a tarp, a knife, a gun, make it happen make after it a certain happen. range, right? Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, everything else is just luxury. Mm-hmm. Like, but you've got to learn the basics for, for hunting, for just being out in the woods in yeah. general, being a mountain man. Mm-hmm. Um, for rifle setup, I'll say this. Don't concentrate on the caliber. Just go ahead and pick whatever caliber you fucking want. As long as you think it'll do the job on killing the animal, great. And then learn it. The optic, same thing. Learn your optic. Minutes or mills, I don't give a flying shit. Yeah. Just learn it. Learn it. it. Um, with, with your, all the rest of your gear, it needs to fit your purpose. So... If I'm just doing competition shooting, you can shoot Atlas bipods, Harris bipods, whatever bipods you want. If you're going to do hunting, look at Spartan Precision Equipment for lightweight hunting tripods and bipods. Um, there's other companies out there too, but they're like the top end right. that do this. That shit. I'll, I'll show you guys some 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 videos of like how I how I like to implement them and why they're so good. And the reason why I bring it up because they're not that well known of a company, right? And I look at the Who is it? Uh, Spartan precision. Oh, Spartan precision. Yep. And I like to bring it up because like the military world drives the hunting world or drives right. the civilian sector a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. And now the competition world is starting to drive the hunting section. Yeah, you're right. And I don't think that should be happening. Those right. are two completely different things. Yeah. But like, um, there's a lot of great companies out there for tripods, bipods, setups, bags, whatever the hell, all the other shit you need. But where, experience. Yeah. So where can they, like, it, it, we talked about it last time. So if they want to go, somebody wants to go to one of your courses, yep. where do they find you? Uh, intsurvival.com. Um, intsurvival. Yep. And then and what Instagram. Do you can, they, yeah, somebody shoot, can DM hunt, survive yeah, on shoot, Instagram. Hunt, survive. But dude, I am teaching people how to be deadly mm-hmm. and how to not die. Right. Shooting and survival. And it's all about going up to the mountains with a rifle in your pack, sustaining life off the land, say five to six days. Mm-hmm. Because the end course, it's a, I'm like a personal trainer. I don't look at my job like I'm going to make some money off of you and then see you on your way. Right. I'm going to follow up and we're going to do three to four courses. Right. By the end of that course, you're going to put a pack on your back, a rifle in your pack. You're going to fucking, I'm going to send you a, essentially an op order. Right. You're going to go, okay, this is where I'm going. This is how much food I need to bring. I got a plan for it, just like a hunt. And you're going to fucking, we're going to go out there and you're going to do it. And you're going to have five targets set up over 12 miles. Mm-hmm. And it's a five day exercise shooting five targets at over 12 miles of That's hiking. That's cool. Yeah. And, that is what I train people to do. I don't train people for competitions. Mm-hmm. I train people to be deadly, more of the one shot, one kill mindset, but right. like put multiple shots in the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the bushcraft and the survival skills inside of it. And that's where my passion lies. And like 
showing the realities behind mm-hmm. how easy this stuff can be. Um, yeah, one of my most amazing clients is like a surfboard maker from Southern California named Brian Wallen. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he showed up, he's like, bro, I don't know anything that I'm doing. I've been through some courses. I know a little bit. And he had better gear than I had. I was like, holy shit. But he had the willing, the willingness to learn. Right. And that dude's been through all the courses. In his last course, he's doing this course. And he's mm-hmm. literally losing weight to do my course. He's that's lost badass. 30 pounds. That's fucking Now cool. I'm changing fucking lives. And right. that shit's cool. Yeah. Right. And that's like, Having getting people into that attitude, that mindset of where they can go out and self-sustain and provide for themselves and get that hunting experience. Because what you're talking about with that archery shooting or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's the experiences that matter. Yeah. And so I agree. Mark, buddy, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Good show. So if you want some instruction, go check out Mark. He's very prompt specifically on his IG. So if you hit him up on his IG, that's how I got a hold of him. I was like, hey, what's up, dude? So hit him up on his IG, check him out. Uh, wealth of knowledge. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo!